Welcome to the Sex in Abundance podcast. I'm your host, Mama. Understanding how your mind works is critical to creating a better sex life, a better love life, and building meaningful wealth in your life. Unlike a lot of coaches out there, I'm actually a psychologist and I hold a master's degree in sex and couples therapy. So in this podcast, we're going to get to the truth. We will boss myths about masculinity, femininity, polarity, sex, relationships, and of course, money. If you feel overwhelmed trying to balance your career on the one hand and your sex and love life on the other, this show will help you with the tools and guidance you need to master them both. If you are tired of the same mainstream advice, not knowing what to do, or just not getting the most out of your sex life or your relationships, then this is the show for you. Hello, my sexy and abundant fam, and welcome to another episode of the Sex in Abundance podcast. I'm your host, Mama, and today I'm so excited because I have someone that we haven't met yet before, but I was looking for someone to discuss sex drive and femininity, and in fact, my partner introduced us, and I had, I had a look at her page and I was like looking at her stories and I was like oh my god I resonate with everything she says like where is this woman I need to meet her <laughs> and I think we have like a similar worldview and so I thought we could do like a natural a spontaneous conversation and to start with let's talk about your journey Camille and welcome Tell me, <laughs> tell me, and yay, <laughs> tell me in the audience about where you start and what brought you to where you are now, what is your background? I always find these quite difficult, to be honest, the like, where does it begin? Because it, I mean, it probably begins lifetimes ago um, with like patterns, I guess, of of like a deeply suppressed feminine. Um, I grew up like most women so dissociated from femininity. And in fact, although raised by the concept of feminism, um, what I can see now looking back on it is that it was such a distorted view of what feminism truly is to me. Um, you know, when we think of the concept of like the patriarchy, which is a concept I, I rejected for a long time, the word, you know, I just, I didn't like, and I, I also thought for a long time it meant being against men. So like even that I rejected. And then I came to understand that like really the patriarchy is actually an imbalanced masculine energy that exists not only in men, but in women as well. And so, you know, we are raised to be strong, independent women. I say that in air quotes. And of course, conceptually, that's awesome, like to be independent and to be strong. Um, but very quickly, I think that that like, degenerates into not having boundaries, but rather having walls, walls around your heart, you know, not letting people in, feeling really rigid and even like too focused on maybe even outcomes, like all these things that are very masculine and do serve us as women. Like, don't get me wrong. I've got Capricorn all over my chart. I'm a Capricorn North, North node. Like I love running my own business and we need, we need the masculine energy within us to get shit done to um 
yeah, to create and birth things into the world even, although that's maybe more of a feminine concept, but they work together. Anyways, highly imbalanced masculine growing up and bless my parents, like definitely they both um, drilled that into me and so did the society that I lived in. And so I guess my journey has been like one of unraveling and having to unlearn so much about what it means to be a woman, what it means to even be a feminist, a word that like, I almost feel like we have to reclaim as women because modern feminism, like I said, is so broken. It's so distorted and, um, and deeply anti-feminist, I believe, you know, from the pill to even things like tampons and ignoring your cycles and, and getting on with it. And yeah, I mean, it goes on and on. And so it's, but yeah, it's been a journey of unraveling for me, reconnecting with my feminine essence, which is still a process, right? It's like, it's an, it's an ongoing deepening and exploration into what it means to be a woman. I mean, look, particularly in these times, yeah, you know, the definition of woman these days, if you ask most people, they don't even feel comfortable answering because it's not politically correct to understand what biologically a woman is. So yeah. And amidst all that, it's been like, it's been my greatest awakening is coming back home to my femininity and my body and honoring my actual wants and needs, never mind even having wants and needs. Like we're so good at women at, you know, going with the flow and being easygoing. And that's a trauma response, like nine times out of 10. So yeah, I guess that's my story now. I maybe long story longer, I live in Mexico now. Um, and apart from being a freelance writer, I have my own website. I host women's circles. I host day retreats with women. We're like, you know, we spend the whole day naked, sunbathing, doing temascal and swimming and eating and like, you know, doing these very deeply feminine things that it's been such a journey exploring that with women too, you know, reconnecting with our bodies and loving our bodies and it's, and dance. I I host aesthetic dance here too. That's been a huge part of reclaiming my feminine. Um, Yeah. So in a nutshell, I think (laughs) all the work, all the work that comes with reaching Mm -hmm. even where I'm at now, even though it's an ongoing process, it's like all the things, right? The shadow work, the exploring your childhood, understanding, you know, not necessarily big T trauma, but little T trauma and kind of unraveling really Mm -hmm. all the, I think like dismantling the wall is the analogy that feels the truest for me is like taking little by little one brick down and like, okay, am I safe? Okay. Yeah. One more brick, one more brick to the point where you can actually have boundaries, but also let people in, which is like the feminine essence at its core. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Wow. That's beautiful, Camille. And I resonate a lot with that. And I'm curious, like, do you think that this condition, because I believe we, like, we have been all conditioned to, to think that, like, I, I remember even in Latin America, that's where, where I, I grew up in DR, like, they teach us to, to be independent women and, like, just go to the university and do college stuff. And, like, my parents, it was so important for them that I go to college and become, like, an independent woman. And, and I'm like, at this point, when I'm like, as you like discovering myself, coming back home to my femininity and like embracing that essence, I feel that 
why is like that? Like why we are conditioned to this? Um, I know that a lot of stuff happened in like in story that like made this happen, but mm. why you think is that? Like why you think is that um, women at some point thought that they they wanted to be like that or it was like a man thing? Like, I think it's probably both, right? Um, I, I'm more inclined than ever. And I think this is part of coming back home to the feminine is not so rigid with the, you know, this caused this and that caused that. But definitely something that's coming up is that when someone is hurt by someone else, they have two options. They can shut down or they can break open, right? They can expand and heal and do the work required to, to expand their capacity to hold pain and like the human experience. And I can see, I can witness in my family lineage, the women in my family have had a lot of pain. They've been hurt a lot, which of course is a co-creation, right? It's not like the man hurts the woman, really dynamics are co-created. And in fact, in partnership, our wounds are typically perfect puzzle pieces for one another, you know, giving us both uh, the man and the woman an opportunity to heal. But I think more often than not, maybe, I mean, this is the biggest question of my life. What drives someone to heal and actually do that work that I do not have an answer for, but the reality is most people don't, right? They don't, yeah. they decide to close instead of opening and breaking open and investigating and, you know, there's fears, you know, it kind of trickles down to the fear of the darkness, the fear of the death. Like we don't really want to go into the darkness and say, Hey, like, why am I attracting dynamics from which I can grow? Mm-hmm. We live in a culture of victim mentality instead of like the empowered growth. So yeah, at least how I see it is in, in my own family, the wounds led to the sentences, like don't ever depend on a man from a on a man for money. Mm-hmm. Someone was yeah. hurt, someone was burned, someone was abandoned. And then instead of saying, hey, like, let's explore this abandonment wound and what I have to learn and grow from it, we pass on to our children, don't rely on a man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the easy way out, I guess, because ye, ye, it's so multifaceted. No, you shouldn't rely on anyone 100% if they're not, if it's not like a mutual exchange. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such a little, it's like the tip of the iceberg, the advice that we're given as women, most of us, and it's not just our generation, it's our mom's generation, it's our grandmother's generation, there's been so much, there's been so much pain. And mm-hmm. I think that the echo of that pain is probably why we have hardened over the years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, um, when you say that, the, the inner work is like the hard part, you know, so not anyone wants like to come and like mm-hmm. actually uh, think they're what they think, you know, like, or even like go to the deep roots of why they do this or why they're behaving in a certain way, because it's, that's like the shadow work. And it's also mm-hmm. demands a lot of, of us to be like in a, I think you need really, you really need to be like in a place of level of self-awareness very high to like come home and say I need to work in this and I need to put my time and find the roots of this so yeah the easy path is just be what they told you to be Mm -hmm. and ironically though is that easier like I don't think so I don't think so either because through doing the harder work you know you find liberation 
not only in that you start to attract completely different dynamics, you find healthier relationships, you attract better opportunities, but even when the hard things come, which they still do, you're like, whoa, okay, cool. You know, I've attracted something here for me to explore. And it become life for me becomes so much more interesting than being the victim of circumstance and of, you know, generational trauma or even disease. Like we have such embedded beliefs about how life happens to us versus the co-creation. I mean, look no further than even being cheated on. Like that's such an interesting topic to me. There's the good guy and the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But really, if you lean in, I mean, the work of Esther Perel and so many other incredible people where you realize everything is co-created for our growth. It sounds yeah. crazy sometimes, but like, I think it's the route to liberation. Yeah. And it's, it's also um, interesting how, uh, as you mentioned, the pain in women, like from my family to, I believe, like brought them to, to like, rely more in this thinking of the independent woman and all that but it's it's like so interesting that instead of doing the healing they they want to like be the opposite you know because what I see is like this mm-hmm. in feminist movement and in, in the like being individual like it's, it doesn't good it's not good for the woman you know it's not like <laughs> Hells no. Hells no. I mean, you, when we initially discussed the topic of this, of this conversation, which kind of ties perfectly into this polarity and libido, like sexual chemistry and polarity. It's so interesting when you look at, you know, a masculine essence and an effeminate essence coming together. There's, I mean, David, this is David Data's work, the three levels of consciousness, which in, in polarity have completely blown my mind. Like, it makes sense of everything in, in this 50-50 world, right? Where we think we've evolved and in ways we have, right? From the kind of polarity where a man uses his power to manipulate, which is often money, right? Power to manipulate the feminine. And the feminine uses sex and her body and her emotions to manip- manipulate the man. That is, in a way, a masculine essence and an effeminine essence, right? But operating mm-hmm. from their shadow self. And then so society, and I think society in general is kind of stuck in this place right now of 50-50, everything's split. We split the chores, we split the time with the kids, you know, t- doing the all the routines and we split the income perfectly. And that is the fastest track to kill polarity, romance, intimacy between couples because we need that magnetic pull of opposition between men and women to have chemistry. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like when you see feminist marriage that are sexless, that's when you like understand that it's really a thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, people lose their polarity and then they basically are roommates. And I mean, that's not what I want from my life. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. get stuck in this idea that it's either we're equals or were imbalanced, right? The man dominating the woman. And it's a huge conversation, but I mean, let's go there. The enlightened version of that is finding someone who creates a safe environment to do that with you, where it's not from a place of manipulation, but from a place of giving and devotion. And, you know, that's been part of my journey is kind of unraveling that because part of, you know, the inner patriarchy, the self-abandonment, Um, all these wounds that really put me in my masculine for most of my life 
had me attracting dynamics where there was this imbalance of power. And it is possible for the imbalance of power to come from the masculine feminine, you know, I don't even know that it's an imbalance of power, to be honest, because yes, men more physically strong, you know, using money to manipulate, but women, we can be masters of it too. You know, manipulation goes both ways. And this enlightened version of like, I want to really bask in all these like formally feminine things, the cooking, the cleaning, the nurturing, the like making a house a home. Do you know how many women like yearn for that? And they're so caught up in like the rat race of the CEO and the high achievement and all that stuff. It's like, it's like we've been collectively brainwashed actually to want things that are, that don't bring us inner peace or joy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, I find it very interesting that we have convinced of ourselves that is the best and I'm 100% sure that in the end, like when you are in your masculine and come home, like you are not happy because I I wasn't happy. I completely agree. I completely agree. And you know, when it comes to like chemistry and polarity, there are many women that are deeply in their masculine and they will attract a partner that is deeply in his feminine. Mm-hmm. Of course, that also being a manifestation of the mother wound and the father wound. So it's not like if you're a woman in, in, in your masculine that you won't have partnership or you won't have intimacy. You will, you can. But like you said, I think at the end of the day, even, you know, after laying in bed, you had great sex with your partner because you have that polarity. He's in his feminine, you're in your masculine. But I, like you said, I think you're deeply unfulfilled or there's something wrong. Like you feel like something. And I think many women probably don't have the words or the, even the awareness that it's a thing, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I've been there. Like yeah. it doesn't feel good. It feels like it, yeah, it feels like there's something inauthentic or like deeply out of alignment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though society will be like, oh my God, you go girl, like, you know, hi, doing it all. Like, yeah. You can't do it all. Yeah. 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 And, and like, you want to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe the feminine is about like flowing and just bringing color to this world and, you know, just being herself. So when I was in my masculine and was like doing a career and working in an office job and doing this and that, I found myself that I wasn't being feminine because I couldn't be myself. So it was like, so I'm being this independent woman doing this, doing that, like getting my work done, living alone and all that. But I was like, I'm not being feminine because I'm not relying on like, um, like I'm in the masculine, you know, like I don't have this figure that brings me a lot of security and makes me like, for example, now in my relationship, I feel so supported and I just feel that, he leads, you know, and I just follow. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy. <laughs> There's a quote I love. It's, it's, it's takes this concept and I think it deepens it a little bit. It's the woman points, the man leads, the woman follows. Yeah. And I really feel that, that because there's something about the feminine, you know, the matriarchy that is so wise and so it sees everything, right? It sees the totality. Men are very like, they have the vision, they can, you know, they they have the steps to get there, but there is something so powerful about the feminine essence that sees all 
and can see the vision of the direction that it should go, but she doesn't lead. But ironically, she does. I mean, she points. Mm-hmm. People have said this, even though this is an insane analogy because the world of politics, which I actually majored in in university, is absurd. But they often say the first lady is actually the one that makes the decisions because, you know, let's use the proverbial presidency because I actually don't think the president makes any decisions. <laughs> but, you know, or even the CEO of a business, he'll, mm-hmm. you know, he's making all these big decisions. He's doing the this, the that, the hiring, the firing, but he comes home at night to his wife. And when they're laying in bed, he says, hey, you know, this happened today. And she's the one who supports him and gives him feedback and softens him. And so really, although the man leads, it really, I think, comes from an energy of when the relationship is healthy, a woman also kind of pointing the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I believe that for men, um, like this whole movement also affects men, like, um, I don't, I, I see that men have lost their like pride, like they're became, become feminine and it's just like sad. And not hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not hot. It's like, I, wa- I wanted to say disgusting, but <laughs> um, I, mean, it's yeah, a hu- like, I mean, it's a huge turnoff. There's nothing yeah. of a bigger turnoff for me. And I think it boils down also to safety, like, you know, as a woman, And safety, I mean, on so many levels, there's an embodied safety, there's a physical safety, like, you know, actually wanting to be protected by men. The reality is men are like stronger and can be physically dangerous to women. But when they have a direction and a purpose and, you know, a voice, you feel safe as a woman and you can actually surrender into your femininity. Like I had to explore that so deeply in my past relationship, right? Because we also have a responsibility to create safety within ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if our relational dynamic with a partner isn't reinforcing that safety, it's so easy for us to slip into the masculine. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel protected by my partner on every level, of course I'm going to harden. How, yeah. how else do you protect yourself? And Man, that that manifests itself in so many ways, in illness, in weight gain, in like my body changes when I don't feel safe in relationship. My energy levels drop. I don't sleep as well. I'm not as creative. Like my creative flow is blocked. Everything is blocked. My lymphatic system is stagnant. It's so wild. And we think, you know, like it's it for me, it's been a like a a completely fat like foundational understanding when it comes to my physical health, too. Like safety in in relationship is it requires a man who knows who he is and what he wants yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and yeah but I see with this like um despolarization relation like relationships that are despolarized or they have Mm -hmm. like the inverse energy Mm -hmm. um I believe that they like long term they start like as you say, like having blockage or like some kind of like, because if you're not living authentically, that's going to like bring some stuff to your life. And it's not, it's not the natural way. Completely. I'm interrupting myself to let you know the good news. I just put together a free workshop called Eternal Goddess. I know that you've been hustling all year, And with the holidays around the corner, 
it's time for a little bit of you time. In this free workshop, we are going to cover 1. How to tap into your feminine essence. 2. How to channel your primal feminine energy and fulfill your sexual desires. And 3. How to direct your polarity and find your center of gravity once again. The link in the show notes will let you sign up. There's only 15 places, so be quick. Now, let's go back to the show. And it's, I mean, that's not glorified in our society. It's like, it's the opposite. Women who, I mean, even coming from our governments, the stuff that's the propaganda being spewed at the moment is crazy. But to me, like when I see women coming back home to their femininity and their true desires, like it's typically motherhood and, mm -hmm. you know, cooking, nourishing meals for their families. And it's not, I don't think it has to be, um, you know, that women don't ever work and that men are the sole providers and have no, you know, relationship with their children. It's not about that. This third stage polarity is like this new rebirth of how we relate, but it's in her, like in her core essence, the feminine is the nurturer and yes, she can still work, but it's not like she's the provider. She's the main fine or it's 50, 50, you know, there's, she's allowed to lean into her femininity in the same way that men can show up as great fathers. You know, the first stage unconscious polarity of masculine and feminine has black and white, you know, line in the sand kind of thing. But this third, it's really about honoring, honoring uh -huh. your, your core essence and then kind of dancing with that within the safety of, yeah, a safe container that is relationship. Yeah, and understanding, as you say, that we can be both, like no vote, both 50 50 but like having very clear like okay so I love cleaning I love cooking I love like Same. doing this stuff <laughs> like Same. that's my favorite things to do like for real so <laughs> when I'm doing this I feel so feminine but then like when I sit in my desk and I get some work done I'm in my masculine but like it's like maybe 20% of my day or less you know so Same. Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like about finding the little balance but knowing that you like the feminine sense is what you are mm -hmm. I completely agree yeah yeah it's it's life-changing and I don't even think that it's you know I, I I can always hear the kind of counter narrative of someone being like well that's nice for you like but I have to feed my kids and I have to do this and I have to do that and it's like it's not about abandoning your entire life to be in your feminine right here, right now, but it's like, okay, you know, what does my soul want? What does my, what is my core essence? Like, do I, have I spoken with my feminine uh, essence ever? Have I connected with her ever in this life? And then from there, like getting to know her, getting to know the reasons why she's been quiet for perhaps decades and slowly dismantling things like, you know, that analogy of dismantling the wall, you don't just get a bulldozer and, and knock the wall down. In fact, that's a deeply masculine way to go about things. Mm -hmm. but it's like curiosity. Okay. What do I want for my life? Maybe you're the CEO of a business right now and you're killing it. And you're in, I actually am not even sure what the fortune 500 is, but I think it's a list of like, you know, <laughs> 
big business. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you're on the cover of Time Magazine as being like woman of the year, being glorified for, although these days it's like pretty much transgender men being given those titles, but um, you know, you might be the the quintessential masculine woman. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to happen tomorrow. It can just be curiosity for now. Like, what do you want for your life? It didn't happen overnight for me. It took years, years of curiosity and unraveling. And, you know, where did this come from? And where yeah. do I want to go in life? And then from that place, like the slow and steady, the flowing with the journey, which is deeply feminine, you can actually change the way that you operate, the way that you think, the way you feel about your body, your intuition. It's never too late. Yeah, it's never too late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that also, um, I believe that there's, I always think, I like to go to like to the root of things. So I believe that this is not only about like, what happened of like women wanted one day wake up and they wanted to be independent and all that like mm-hmm. I, I wrote like a, an article about like how the fiat standard has impact relationships sex and family and I think that like the woman being forced like due to inflation to like leave home and like get stuff done because like one salary wasn't enough for the family like that's that's something you know because that's huge it's huge Mm-hmm. And as you say, like when, like the feminine, when she's not being led, lead, or she's like the man is being in his in his feminine, she takes the place of the masculine because we are like that. Like, for example, if, if like we see okay, the man is not leading and he's like just being a feminine, like we take the place because we like we want to resolve things. Like we look after our children, we look after like our house or mm-hmm. or a space. So we just take this place, but then we hold resentment because the man is not taking the place. Totally. Deep so resentment. Like connected. And I think too, I think the man actually ends up resenting the woman. Like I think that that resentment is born out of the imbalance when when the polarity isn't in its right order resentment builds and it's like so many women I know are in this place of their masculine essence Uh like so many of them and you know I actually think this is where I know this is where PCOS and endometriosis are born too it's like Uh so many reproductive issues we're just forcing our bodies like it's an estrogen dominance issue it's completely an imbalance of our our sex hormones our reproductive hormones are trying to balance out this this the fact that we're living in the most masculine way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah resentment illness all the things i mean and then that's when like the feminine is wounded like and then she wants to mother the the partner oh my god <laughs> i'm very familiar with that pattern too <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like yeah and then like what I think is affects directly the sex drive and the libido because why you will want to like have sex or connect sexually and have intimacy with someone that you're holding resentment and that you don't think is doing his role or is acting like your mom or is unless unless you have a huge mother wound in which case the polarity will exist it's like Sexual chemistry can exist in so many dynamics, right? But 
if it's not a clear cut, healthy man in his masculine woman in her feminine, there's pathology, like there's Mm -hmm. stuff, there's trauma, there's wounds. And like you said, I think the most obvious sign is there's resentment. Like there's something there where there's deep resentment and maybe no communication. And look, that's why relationships end and break down. There's so many, I mean, there's so many reasons, but really that pattern is so common. You know, the woman's in, the woman's in her, in her masculine, she ends up dictating the relationship in a very motherly way. And of course it's glorified. If you speak to that, if you speak to your girlfriends about that, the most, most women will say, well, yeah, you care about him. You're trying to show him. It's like, no, the man should figure that shit out for himself because I mean, at the end of the day, nobody takes advice that's unsolicited. It's just doesn't even work, but we try and like hold relationships together with manipulation, honestly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's something that most people don't like to talk about either. But if you're in the mother son dynamic with your partner, it's manipulative as hell because you're trying to change him so that he can be masculine enough for you to feel safe, surrender to your feminine. And I've been there. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been there too. Yeah. <laughs> I think most women have like, you know, having to navigate polarity and femininity in a world where it's not taught to us. And actually the opposite is taught to us. It's a, le- it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm, Looking mm-hmm. back on, you know, a past relationship, I, I could cringe, you know, at how I show up at the things that I did and how I believed, how I operated. But yeah, it's a, le- it's a steep learning curve. I think once you are willing to do the work, you're catapulted out of that reality because it's disgusting. Like you said. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on learning, all, all like on learning is it, it requires a lot of strength and braveness mm-hmm. and, and maybe, humility. And yeah, humility. like yeah, you know, to acknowledge that the way that you're treating your partner is manipulative. When most people are like, "No, it's caring." I'm like, "No, if you're trying to change someone for any reason, because we actually don't know what other people need." And when we try and, you know, plant hints or, you know, nudge them in the direction of in air quotes healing, who am I to know what someone else needs for their journey? And it actually reinforces the dynamic, right? You want a man to be in his masculine, let him learn in his own way, in his own time and honor yourself and walk away from a relationship in which you're not being met. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. otherwise it just perpetu- perpetuates that dynamic of like yeah the mother-son how is he ever going to grow up how is he ever going to learn how is he ever going to lead if it's still this like mommy now what like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Work. yeah and also um like what I believe is this like this man that found find themselves in this kind of relationship is my be because they come like from a mother that feminize them so it's like again it's a circle and it's like the generational I would say almost always uh-huh or a very yeah. hard father you know a father that was very tough um mm-hmm. and wasn't connected to his own femininity right it's the it's the irony like 
we need both, but it needs to be mirrored to us from our caregivers in a healthy, balanced way. Otherwise, we have to learn it ourselves. And, you know, in this new world order of a, of a world we're living in where women aren't encouraged to connect with their feminine essence, yeah. it's, it's difficult. That's why these conversations are so important, you know, for women to hear them and be like, oh, yeah, you know, fuck, I hate yeah. this <laughs> And I'm in a sex marriage and I don't want to be, you know, like, and I don't want to mother my husband and stuff like that. Like there's, it's difficult when what you're being mirrored by most relationships is the dysfunction, right? Mm -hmm. So being normal, Mm -hmm. it's the same in the healthcare system or the sick care system. You go and get a lab test and the doctor's like, you're within range. And you're like, yeah, but I want to feel good. Like, I want to thrive. I don't want to be within range of a deranged society. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned something early that was like how dancing has made you connect even more. And I agree so much and resonate because Mm. I love to dance. I love to dance alone. And I love to dance like while my man is working and he just watched me laugh and it's just so feminine and like keeps this like kind of spark between us mm-hmm. and yeah and it's so beautiful to dance like tell me about it yeah my relationship to dance has also been a journey of unlearning because I danced growing up in a very performative way I went to an arts high school where I danced and really it kind of reinforced the wound of not being good enough because I definitely wasn't as devoted and dedicated as the other woman. And dance in that way was actually extremely masculine. It was like, you know, seven days a week, hours of dance, all the kinds. It was performative, like not only performance, but because it was in school, we were graded for it. And Mm -hmm. like the competitive dance too, anything of that nature kind of takes something and really like squeezes out the femininity from it mm-hmm. and I quit dancing after high school I stopped dancing and I didn't dance at all in fact I would even say I would be shy to dance in public and then as I did this work to kind of explore the wounds and you know the inner patriarchal structures and dismantling things and coming back to my femininity I had to dance like my feminine essence my soul was like I actually need to be dancing there's no ignoring it I would dance in my bedroom I would make playlists and I'd you know if other people in the house were still sleeping I would have to put my headphones in and I would dance for two hours in the morning like there was just a a kind of undeniable urge to dance and I wanted to dance around people too so I started a static dance here because it didn't exist and I, you know, sure, I've got the Capricorn in me to like get that shit done. Um, but I'm not, an, I, I haven't been an organizer in my life. You know, I haven't hosted events like this. It was, it was unfamiliar and yet deeply like, this is something you have to do. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just expanded into the most beautiful thing and the lessons I've learned, not only dancing, but hosting of like movement is such a mirror and embodiment right coming home to the body which is so necessary for understanding even remotely what femininity is surrendering to the like to de- to the sound and not moving in a way to be watched or seen but in a way that the body literally needs to move like flow the the surrendering is the feminine right so having the music as the structure maybe even the masculine structure in which to then surrender 
it's so beautiful. And it's not about looking cool or looking sexy. Often it looks quite the opposite, particularly in the aesthetic dance, like, you know, dancing for your partner. Okay. Maybe it's more, you know, on <laughs> yeah. the sexy side, yeah, but yeah, more yeah. playful, you know, either or, but the aesthetic dance for me has just been this like abandoning of a need to be anything. And often, you know, we think of femininity as beautiful and um you know the flower and but it's also terrifying like the feminine the dark feminine is like is the kali it's the force it's like the destruction because birth and death it's the polarity Mm -hmm. within the feminine you know within the feminine essence and so that's what dance does for me is like depending on the song it's it's complete liberation through surrendered movement Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, like, and- I think if I had one tip for anyone who wants to get back in, in touch with her feminine is start dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Do it alone if you need to start, but I do think it's profound to also do it in group setting because you start to notice your patterns. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's different too dancing with just women when there's men there, everything changes, but it's all just information. Like you get to witness yourself move and see where you where you have the blocks and like move that part right I remember one of the first times hosting dance I I was like is the music good enough like is this space you know am I have I done good enough job all this resistance coming up and I'm like I'm I can move through it because emotions are literally energy in motion you can find like where does this live in me and you can do this practice I mean it's a deeply feminine practice no matter what you're going through in your life if you feel stuck, if you feel overwhelmed, it's like, find it. Is it in your chest? Is it in your belly? Like, is it in your back? Is it in your head and move that part of yourself? Like let help the energy by moving it. And then, yeah. And then dance. I mean, I could talk about dance for yeah, <laughs> days actually. For days. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I mean, yeah. The feminine needs to move. And Mm -hmm. I think that if you, like, as you say, wants to embody the feminine, uh, start with moving and Mm -hmm. like either which, whichever dance you want to do, um, could be static or it could be Mm -hmm. like, I, I dance reggaeton. I dance sometimes house music. I love dance everything, you know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. do your playlist and get into that because Mm -hmm. it's important. Yeah. And the other thing is about this, like, well, two things. One is it's a practice, like anything. You're not going to dance once and be, you know, the divine feminine embodiment. Like it's <laughs> totally an unlearning. And every time I dance, I have new things come up or, you know, whatever's going on in my life is mirrored to me at that time. And part of it is working through the resistance, right? Like not with force, but with curiosity. And there's always, so the dances that I host here are 90 minutes. There's almost always a point in those 90 minutes where I'm over it mm-hmm. you know I, I'm just over it and I'm like okay you know I've just I've had enough and it's like well this is it the resistance is here you can slow down your movement but don't stop like push through and be curious because when you break through that resistance I mean it's the same resistance that shows up in plant medicine ceremonies in temescal in essentially any healing modality there's going to mm-hmm. be that point at which you have to face a desire to stop. And typically it's like right on the other side of that, that you expand. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, and coming back, uh, you were saying, you were mentioning about like the chaos in the feminine. And I believe that for me, when when I did like the the switch, I'll say like to to start realizing how being in my masculine and not in my feminine was bringing me a lot of like troubles and like I, I found myself in different situations that I didn't want to be and mm-hmm. like I hit different kind of rock bottoms and like but that's when I like that's when the learn the learning happened you know like Mm-hmm. so for me like when I found myself you know like having these situations that I wasn't like being happy or like I was suffering you know for from like being like that or just because I wanted to be independent and be alone and like I I I live for a long time alone and all that and like I was suffering but that's when the learning came like I'll say the unlearning came mm-hmm. and me yeah. starting to unlearn all that so it took me a while to accept that we are chaos in the feminine and hearing you saying it's like healing for me too because we need to accept the stuff that we are you know like you cannot like do the work if you don't accept if you don't accept that is a fact Mm -hmm. yeah I love Peter Crohn says like life will always show you where you're not free Mm -hmm. and that's just a part of it right it's like you can't And even the patterns, like, you know, the past patterns and past relationships, like we've both been in, we keep running into the fire until we're done with the lesson. Like a lot of women actually use that, that masculine force when they say, this isn't good for me. You know, I'm going to block him on Instagram and I'm going to delete his phone number. It's like, yeah, guess what? The next guy is going to be the exact same in a different skin suit because we have to like bask in the thing that we're co-creating and the lesson and see, you know, how, how is this actually even possibly serving me? Like what part of this craziness and these rock bottoms that, you know, rock bottom after rock bottom, where, you know, you feel like, okay, this is it. I'm done with this pattern. And then you go back to it and you're like, what, you know, but there's a teaching there and there's a lesson and it's probably rooted in your childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) I love and, that. Huh? You know, that's the beautiful thing about the inner child work is like many of us experienced things as children that we didn't have the tools to navigate. And so life literally brings you the same dynamic as an adult. Now that you have more of an ability to maybe not even deal with it when you're first confronted with it, but you now can read a book, ask for support, join a woman's circle listen to a podcast, like people are talking about these things now. And so life is like, Hey, so, you know, we haven't dealt with this. We had this thing and it really fucked you up when you were younger, whether (laughs) you realize it or not. So here it is. It's how you overcome it is you have to face the dynamic. Yes. And then, yeah, the other side of that is your liberation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, it's so like I can say from my experience that when you do this, you attract this kind of man. Oh, <laughs> it's wild. Uh-huh. The like how quickly it can happen to you when you actually actually do the work and don't force the lesson. Like it's mm-hmm. not just like 
you know, it's it's the whole Gabor Mate. It's not why the addiction, it's why the pain. And the addiction can be the relational dynamic. It can be food. It can be sex. It can be alcohol or drugs. But it's not, a, that's not, it's never about that. It's about the underlying story and the relationship and how actually that substance person dynamic is actually trying to show you where you're not free. And as soon as you're done with it, like, I feel like you can understand this. The next iteration of your life just unfolds and it can happen so quickly that it's, it like, it actually takes your breath away. Yes, yes, it's breathtaking and life changing. Yeah, it's transformative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this has been such a good conversation, Camille, and I'm so I happy love talking to, have to you. Here. Yeah, I me too. Love talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we met in a, another lifetime. Or... Most likely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Alex is so great. I'm really so happy for you too. Ah, uh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And thank you for coming and accepting having this conversation. And I, yeah, I enjoy it so much. I learned so much and connected with you. And I really hope that if you're listening to this and like this kind of like brought some, some thoughts or emotions like that you are not feeling well, then you see, um, like we are also women that like come come from from that place you know so like it's not about just I don't know like just it's not about like a judge judging or anything it's just Mm -hmm. about like we are here and we we see you like we hear you and yeah like oh we've walked through the fire like yeah I hope this is expansive for people because like the things that I've gone through and the patterns and the relational dynamics and the unlearning has been real and it's po- absolutely possible for yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I don't know if you want to say anything else, some final words, but yeah, I think we have say too much, right? <laughs> yeah. I think we've said enough for one day. <laughs> yeah. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's have like a part two, maybe <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> okay. Well, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Sex and Abundance podcast. I hope you learned something new. And if this episode was helpful for you, please take a minute to rate and review. It means so much to me. Don't forget, let's connect in Instagram. Take a screenshot and share it in the Instagram stories and tag me at AwareMama. And share your biggest insight from today. Looking forward to hang out with you next week.